Good morning. Welcome to E3. My name is Pastor Lori, and I am really, really glad that you are here this morning with us. We are in week two of our series called Dangerous Intersections, where we're taking a look at E3's vision of who we want to be as a community of Christ followers. Now, I told you last week that because this series is about our vision, I was going to keep reminding you about what E3's vision is. E3's vision is that we would be an irresistible community of radically transformed disciples dwelling at the intersection of deep faith, authentic community, and our emerging culture. And this week, we're going to focus on the authentic community piece of that. Now, as I was preparing this message this week, it along with all of my emotions, went on a bit of a roller coaster ride following the news. I already had a direction in mind going into the week of what I was planning for this message to, to be and the direction I was expecting it to go. But as the week's events unfolded, it felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me in, in a different direction to just change course just a tiny bit. We're still going to talk about what it looks like to bring our, our authentic lives, our authentic selves into biblical community with others. What it looks like to be an irresistible community that dwells at that intersection of deep faith and authentic community and the emerging culture. But the events in our emerging culture, the events of this past week in particular, have shown me that maybe this is a good opportunity for us to take a close look at when authentic community is hard. I want to start by talking about how authentic community made it into more than just E3's vision, but how it actually is a huge part of our church's name, Element 3. You see, when we started E3 almost, almost 17 years ago now, the core group of families that were planting this church were all in agreement that we wanted our church, this church, to be a place where we explored the claims of Christ together. What it meant to be a Christ follower by really exploring our deep faith together. That was a critical component. And we felt strongly that we all needed to be able to do that from wherever on that journey we were as individuals being authentic and real with each other, with this sort of come as you are right now mentality. And part of that was us fighting against the need to feel already put together in some way before you could attend or be a part of our church. You see, many of us had had, had past church experiences where we didn't feel that we could honestly share the rough edges of our lives, the doubts and the struggles and the fears with our fellow Christ followers. That had been our experience at other places. And so we all agreed that it was critical that we needed to be able to come together with all of our flaws on appropriate display so that we could help each other grow and learn to encourage and love each other and hold each other accountable for the areas where we needed to grow. We felt that it was incredibly important that we would be a place that communicated that if you didn't need to feel 
or that you didn't need to feel already done in some way in order to participate in community that is trying to grow toward being like Christ. That that journey should start exactly where you are right now. And that this community needed to have an understanding of what was happening in our current culture and to meet people there. To look around us and see that there were generations of people who were struggling to connect to our Christian faith because it was being presented in a way that seemed ancient to them with language that was hard to connect to their lives here and now. So with those priorities in mind, we came up with the name element three, which represents the three elements, the core elements that we felt were non-negotiables for our church, a place where our faith, our authenticity with each other and our emerging culture meet. Now, creating a space or a community that prioritized this meant that it would hopefully be attractive to a lot of people with varying opinions on a lot of different issues, political issues, social issues, and so on. And that meant that we might attract people who were very concerned that we were going to allow coffee in the sanctuary and people who wouldn't have attended if we didn't serve coffee. Don't laugh, that's a true story. That actually happened. We understood and even embraced that there was a very good possibility that this diversity of thought on a lot of different issues meant that there could be a decent amount of disagreement because people were not gonna feel like they needed to hide what they really thought and how they maybe disagreed with the person who would be sitting next to them in church. We understood that we would need to be very mindful of the potential that this diversity of opinions and thought could lead to disunity in the body if we weren't very careful. We, as a community, had to be prepared for the good, the bad, and the ugly in all of our relationships. We had to agree that despite any differences or disagreements, that there would always be one thing that brought us together and made us the same. And that one thing that made us the same was the fact that we are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God and are all in need of his grace, all. We all wanted to shed our old selves and become more like Jesus. This is what we were about. And this is the thing that even with the ugliness that I have watched play out in our nation. And even, and even to a much lesser degree within our own church community, this, this is the thing that will need to connect us as followers of Christ now. At a time when there's so little that people agree on, followers of Christ must agree on this, the fact that we all have a need for God's grace and we all need and need to want to learn more about Jesus so that we can grow to be more like him. I thought a lot about these things as I watched some of the events of this week unfold because it was very easy for me to see and point out the many, many ways we are different. The very strong ways that I disagreed with some people 
It was easy for me to shake my head and my fist at the words and actions that I was hearing and seeing. But it took me literally sitting at the foot of the cross that is at the end of the room over there on Wednesday night. I was on my way here already for a meeting and I came into this space to try and find some peace before I entered into the meeting. And I was drawn to the foot of that very cross. And that's where I, had to re I was reminded that my job, not as a pastor, but as a follower of Christ, my job is to see everyone, no matter how strongly I may disagree with them, as a child of God. As children of God who, whether I believe they are right or wrong, are loved and forgiven and saved by the grace of the same God who has extended his love and forgiveness and grace to me. And yes, in case you're wondering, that did taste like vinegar coming out of my mouth. And you want to know why? Because I like to believe that I am right, which inevitably leads me to think that I don't need the same forgiveness and grace that that other person needs. At some point, it seems like we've decided as a people that if someone disagrees with us, they're not only wrong, they're bad or evil. We see them as the one who needs to be forgiven, forgetting how much we need God's forgiveness too. I actually don't think that disagreement is the worst or scariest thing that can happen in a community. I think that one of the scariest things that can happen in a community is that they would have agreement around something that just isn't true. And no, I am not going to get into the politics of what I think is right versus what I think is wrong, but only because I don't believe that's the message that God has given me for today. That doesn't mean that I don't have strong thoughts and opinions about it because I definitely do. But I believe that what God has called me to do, at least for this season, is to continue to point this community to what I know to be absolute truth. And as far as I know, there has only ever been one person who has ever walked this earth in the history of the world who has been 100% completely right in everything he said. So I'm thinking that maybe the rest of us might want to proceed with a little caution. I know that I need to. I mean, let's take a quick moment to remember some of the sins that put Jesus on that cross. Arrogance, pride, judgmentalism, greed, hatred, just, just to name a few. So today, we're going to explore what being a community of radically transformed disciples means for us, for our E3 community, what it means when we go beyond the accepted social norm and live authentic lives, sharing our lives with each other, every part of who we are, both the good parts and the bad parts, and doing that without intentionally trying to hurt others in the process. What it means when we share the things that we agree on and also the things that we strongly disagree on with a trust 
that we will treat each other with respect, that we will treat each other with the love, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience that God's word tells us and that he calls his children to show to each other. This is what I think will make us an irresistible community because it's so different than the way the rest of the world will act and does act. We won't be a community that tears people down and shuts them out because we absolutely disagree with them. Now, please, 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 let me take a moment. Do not misunderstand what I am saying here. I am in no way condoning some of the unbelievable behavior that we've witnessed this week. And I'm not condoning the unbelievable behavior that we've witnessed over the past several years. I mean, let's be honest, we didn't get here overnight. I am simply saying that through all of that, through all of that ugliness, our first response has got to be for us to ask God how we are are supposed to respond as his children. What words does he want us to speak and what actions does he want us to take? As a follower of Christ, we should not be listening to any voice that is speaking louder than his voice in our lives. Let me say that again. As a follower of Christ, we should not be listening to any voice that is speaking louder than his voice in our lives. I think it's important for us as Christ followers to constantly be checking to see where we are taking our lead and our direction from. Constantly checking and rechecking. So as I told you last week, that throughout the series, we're gonna be taking a look at the Apostle Paul and some of his writings in the New Testament. And Paul actually had a lot to say about living in biblical community and how followers of Christ are supposed to act and respond to each other in community. We know that Paul's letters make up almost half of the books of the New Testament. And when we look at his letters, we can see that some of them were written to individuals like Timothy and Titus, but, some of, but most of his letters actually were written to church communities like we read about in Galatians, Ephesians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. His letters include prayers for the people that he's writing to and answers to some of the questions that they have posed to him. And sometimes he's addressing issues that he's heard about that have come up in some of the communities. But oftentimes in his letters, he's writing instructions to the communities things that they should be remembering about who they are and things that they should be doing as Christians. And these are instructions that are based on the authority given to him to speak on Jesus' behalf as an apostle. apostle. We can find many places throughout his letters where he is telling the people that as followers of Christ, this is the way you should behave. These are the things that you should and should not do. Again, I will remind you, it's important for us to remember that Paul had been given this authority to speak on Jesus' behalf by Jesus himself. 
He had been called to carry Jesus's message to these communities. Remember the scripture that we looked at last week from Acts 9, verse 15, it says, but the Lord said, go for Saul or Paul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings and as well as to the people of Israel. So we, as people who are striving to live as disciples or followers of Jesus, we need to strongly consider Paul's words and what they mean for us. So we're going to take another look at the scripture that we heard Rex read for us earlier found in Colossians 3. Read this along with me if you have your Bibles. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Okay, so what does it mean for us to put on our new nature and to be renewed as we learn to know our creator and become like him? It means very simply that our conduct should match our faith and should line up with who we claim to be. It doesn't mean that we'll be perfect. Like I said last week, being a follower of Christ is a continuing education program. We're, we are always growing and learning, or we should be. But it should always be the goal that we are reaching for. And the next verses say very clearly that it does not matter what our differences may be, that this is how we are to conduct ourselves because Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. He, he is the only thing that has the power to unite us, even in our sometimes extreme differences. Notice the text does not say that those differences no longer exist, that there won't be things that make us different or put us on different sides of an argument. The text says that those things no longer define us or have the greatest or should have the greatest influence in the way we treat each other. As God's holy people, we now must clothe ourselves with mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. As God's holy people, we now must make allowance for each other's faults and we must forgive anyone who offends us, remembering that God forgave us, so we must forgive others. 
Doing these things reveals the love of Christ that is within us as his children. And that love is what calls us and binds us together in perfect harmony. Now, most of you all know that I'm a singer. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm singing a song is not actually leading the song like you might think, not singing the melody line. But actually, my favorite thing is when I get to sing a harmony line. And there's, here's the thing about the harmony line of a song. It's not the same note as the melody. The harmony's job is to ride along with the melody, oftentimes highlighting the melody line. So when I read the phrase in this text, perfect harmony from this verse, I don't believe that that means we're all automatically going to come into an agreement on all things. We're not always going to be singing the same note on all issues. It means that we will harmonize with each other. We will fit together. Our thoughts won't exactly become the same, but they will be able to to exist, not in conflict or heated battle with each other. We were created to live in community with him and with others. Scripture tells us that we are better together than we are alone. We've looked at Paul's words to us about how to live as a biblical community. And remember, Paul was given that authority to give us these words by Jesus himself. But in case you want a little more evidence that it is what Jesus wants us to hear, Jesus in his own words in John 13 tells us that we are to treat each other the way we love tells us that how we treat each other, the way we love each other will prove to the world that we are his disciples. I think, I think that that makes Jesus' expectations of us pretty clear. Radically transform disciples, bring our authentic selves with all of our brokenness into a community and decide that we want to live differently than the world says we can or should live. I want to be about becoming more like Christ. And I want this church to be about that. Surrendering all of our thoughts and actions, asking him first how he wants us to respond to others, letting him answer some very, very critical questions for us. Will my words and actions heal or intentionally cause harm? Will my actions help or just add to the world's noise? What is my source, my actual source for believing that I am right? And who am I allowing to have the loudest voice in my life? And this one, have I elevated my need to prove that I'm right over my call to love others? In this, in this community at E3, we will, we must, and we will hold each other accountable about how we treat the people who disagree with us. We will share our lives and encourage each other to grow toward the likeness of Christ, to conduct ourselves as radically transformed disciples. That's when we get to see the change that we want to see. The expectation as part of this community is that we will live as disciples of Christ with purpose like we talked about last week. 
having a passion and a desire to know Christ with the goal of becoming more like Christ. Showing extraordinary love for others, showing compassion and care for those in need and pursuing justice for those who are being oppressed. Always being sensitive and submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Engaging in biblical community by staying connected, accountable and involved in the body of Christ. Being generous with our lives, our time and talents and treasures and living our lives as examples of Christ so that others will be drawn to Christ through the way they see us living. I want more for myself and I want more for this community than what this world offers us. But that takes hard work and our part, on our part, and I am inviting all of you to join us for that work to bring your authentic self, to share your life with others here on Sunday and throughout the week in growth groups, meeting with each other, growing together, sharing your lives together. I'm asking you and inviting you to dwell with us at this dangerous intersection where deep faith, authentic community and our emerging culture collide having the expectation that it will have a profound effect on the world around us. That in fact, that is the only thing that will cause a great impact for good on the world around us. My prayer as we close is that you will think on and hold on to these things Allow yourself to be challenged by some of the words that we've read. Consider the questions that we talked about as you consider how you are supposed to respond to whatever happens this week. Whatever happens next week. Whatever happens ever. My prayer is that your desire to grow to be more like Christ will increase all of ours, that it will be the thing that guides us. Our pursuit of him requires us to remember that we are also sinners. We also need to be forgiven. My prayer this week is that we will take a moment to stop focusing on our anger towards others and see and listen to what God is saying to us about our actions and what he wants us to do, how he wants us to respond. That's my prayer for you this week. I hope to see you next Sunday as we continue this series and talk about how we live as disciples or followers of Christ in our emerging culture. Have a great week.